Hi, everyone. It is August 5, 2022, and I am taping my class earlier today, and we will be discussing a small cap that I believe is highly undervalued under $2. Let's begin. Let me share my screen here. Okay, I'm sharing my screen, and you got this one. Yep, you got it right. I'm going to be discussing Bork. Wait up. Let's go. So Bark is a small cap, undervalued small caps under $2. I am Nikki Yu. If this is your first time, please don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel. We do give this every Friday with our free classes. And if you want to avail our ideas and opportunities within the awesome 10 community, please don't hesitate to check those um, thumbnails wherein you can see our website, our Twitter, and so on. So Bark is the world's most dog-centric company devoted to making dogs happy with the best products, services, and content. Their team is crazy obsessed with dogs, and they know how to make your dog happy. That is their mission and vision since 2012. And what is really surprising is how this company is often um, probably underappreciated in my view. So they serve dogs nationwide with toys, treats, subscriptions, Bark Box, and Bark Super Chewer. And they've been expanding with many retail partners, including Target, Amazon, CVS. They have over 4,000 brick-and-mortar retail partners. They've got high-quality meal plans with Bark Eats. They've got dental wellness products for your dog's needs with Bark Bright. And in general, you can find out more information in their own websites, bark.co. So this is um, a typical happy Bark Box customer. As you can see, the dog parent is very happy um, in treating and spoiling their dogs. We can see that dogs, aka pets, have become, um, in my view, a cyclical agnostic sector wherein um, it not only was obviously a pandemic beneficiary where people who were lonely found kids, um, found, uh, found that uh, having dogs and kids at home are great uh, buddies for them not to be lonely. We can also see that dogs are treated as kids, as part of family instead of just a household pet. So we can see that um, right now, a lot of uh, millennials, Gen Z, we're seeing 70 million Americans so far in the pet uh, as dog parents. And they love to treat their uh, children, in this case, their dogs, with a lot of um, Halloween costumes as well. Apparel is now um, a thing, apparel and toys to spoil their kids. So trust the process. These are just one of those um, customers who do love um, their pets. So we can see that this is a dog lover and loves the 76ers, loves basketball. This is, um, you know, just more pictures of pets and um, the dog parents. So they all love their bark boxes, as can be seen. These are the bark super chewers, part of the treats that every dog owner, dog parent um, has um, in store for uh, if they have subscribed with Barks Monthly. So it really de depends whether it's a $36 value monthly or there are some things like this one for the Bark Super Chewer, for depending on which breed of dogs. So um, these are some of those um, Bark boxes where you've got the Super Chewers. Super Chewers are for um, super durable toys. These are for... Um, 
for the toughest chewer of the dog. Made with strong rubber and nylon, these toys were made for chomping with treat dispensers as well. So they really know how to basically take care of dogs and they are crazily obsessed with these types of products. Bark Bright is a product they have, a health and wellness support, making caring for your dog simple, effortless, and totally worth a full body tail wag. So Bark Bright is a dental and wellness chew for your dogs. So Bark Bright, chew your way to cleaner teeth. This powerful chew and toothpaste duo does the work for you. They've also got free blank mini camera when you join. So it's a $36 value in case you want to basically take care and watch your dogs when you're away in the office. How BarkBox works? Well, you basically subscribe for a monthly dog joy. You can subscribe for $40, $30, and so on. Your first BarkBox will ship immediately within five days, and your month-long dog party begins. You can see that you want to spoil your pups with a monthly subscription, so that's how it basically works. It's about $30, $40, depending on how much you want your BarkBox to be. So these are examples of bark box. You get um, basically free um, included in your bark box is a customized um, bark treats. So it's it's got toys treats uh, for for which has really made a lot of uh, dog parents happy. I've seen a lot of YouTubers um, talk about unbo unboxing every month their their bark boy their bark boxes. So um, not only is the dog happy, but obviously the dog parent as well. So um, these are just snapshots of their August theme, their featured theme, pool party animals. So while you're sipping your margarita, your dog also does it with you. Um, featured themes. They also got Stranger Things for the Stranger Things fans. So there's really a lot of uh, interesting um, things no, <laughs> within uh, the Bark community. Who we are, dog toys, treats, and gifts from, from the dog crazy makers of Bark Box. We started this whole operation just to serve people who are just like us, crazy about dogs. We are, our dogs have more elaborate parties than we do. That's how we are obsessed. We eat ramen noodles while our dogs dine or, on organic grass-fed beef. We are disappointed when our dogs don't follow us into the bathroom. Our families think it is a cause for concern, but who cares about them? We are here for you and your dog. We have never met your dog, but we know we love them. So we can clearly see that this is a company that's really obsessed with dogs. I will show it to you later a couple of videos. But for now, just... Um, Let's take a look at the website and those. Um, so I've, I've, I've taken um, my liberty, obviously taking these from the website, um, snapshots from them. So they cater to a lot of breeds. Um, you've got these um, almost uh, forever monthly. As you can see, they said $36 for 15 pounds of pit food and free shipping. So we offer your dog the same price for their entire life when you choose subscribe and save. Wait, how's that past possible? So they basically uh, make sure that for months and months, as long as you avail their package, they'll handle it direct to consumer. So this is a direct to consumer business. Um, founded in 2012, the company has expanded more so in their bark shop. As I said, they've handled, um, they're now not just into food, they're into toys, apparel. You can see that they have a lot of um, bark, bark super chewers. So it's, it's quite interesting. 
Investment highlights, they are a big, resilient, growing pet category. Agree. They've been growing um, in the last 10 years. Um, they went from zero to currently 2 million clients. So imagine that. They're a digitally native brand and they are a vertically integrated brand, which means that everything you see that they are selling was also produced and manufactured by them. Personalized data-driven subscription experience with strong retention, clear levers for accelerating growth, category and product diversification, channel expansion, and cross-selling, strong margins, above 50%, powerful operating leverage, a visionary and passionate team to scale the business. Okay, so um, the industry views today of a dog's life is trite. They just think that you've got the dog food for a puppy, for an adult, and a senior. And they look, the industry's view on puppies is something like this. You've got a pre-parent, you've got a puppy, then you've got about nine plus years, and then reparenting. So it's kind of sad that that's how the category for dogs today are seen, largely focused on food. Instead, um, when they listed in the market through a SPAC, Special Purpose Acquisition Vehicle um, Company, uh, the ticker symbol was STIC in the past. Now it's a uh, changed name, of course, for Bark. So um, Bark used to just serve a million happy dog subscribers that month. Nowadays, they actually grew to 2 million. 2 million subscribers serving um, average of about 6 million dogs. So that means some dog owners have one more average, one extra dog or two dogs or three dogs and so on. So they're serving 2 million happy clients so far and 6 million dogs so far as well, as of um, first quarter 2022. We are reporting this as a buy as the results for Bark is going to be seen on August 9. So we want to avail of the discounted Bark shares before it goes up on earnings results next week. So according to their um, past um, presentations, as you could see, They've been growing um, from the past. This were about 200,000 to a million. They estimated to grow to about 2 million subscribers for 2020. They didn't achieve that in 2020, but in 2022, they did. So far this year, first quarter 2022, they do have more than 2.1 million active subscriptions. So that means that the company is still growing and has continued to grow with a lot of followers and contacts. Bark strong platform, proprietary customer data, customer loyalty has generated higher upsells and cross-sells. That is true. Um, although they tried to make um, a revenue forecast that is huge, um, they didn't really achieve this um, 17 million. Sorry, is this 17? Yeah, they, they tried to assume a 17 million. No, they didn't achieve that. They achieved so far $500 million of revenue. Okay, so that must be one of the reasons why people were a little bit um, surprised. Wait, this one? No, this is 17.5 million. Of course, it's not going to be a billion, right? Yeah, yeah. So 2.4 add to box revenue. So these are just the bark boxes. Well, we'll go to the numbers later on. But during their presentation, during the SPAC, they felt that they had high margins, growth leverage, in-app enhancements, and they've got a lot of data with the customers. That is true. Um, this is also true. Bark is vertically, vertically integrated, and they have designed their categories with different, um, with different 
um, names. So they have the Bark Box, the Bark Super Chewer. This is their flagship product since 2012, and they have been growing very well there. They've got Bark Eats, which is basically a lot of food. Bark Bright, which is dental products for your dogs. And Bark Home. Bark Home has to do with apparel, the bark um, related, um, the beds, and so on. So obviously, if they can do a lot of cross-selling, they can do higher gross margins. And that has been true. So we can see that so far in um, the Bark Eats category, you have so many currently um, brands. You've got premium human-grade brands like the Farmer's Dog, Nom Nom Now, Ollie, Pet Plate, Fresh Pet, Poopoms, Open Farm, Spot and Tango. In the ultra-premium, you've got Akana and From, Modern Premium, you've got Stalin Chewy, Sundays, Jinx, Wild Earth. Scientific Premium, you've got Royal Canine, veteran, Veterinary Diet, Hills. And in the mass premium products, you've got a lot. You've got Wellness Blue, Taste of the Wild, Purina, Beyond, Pure Balance, Yukanuba, Nature's Logic, Pedigree, Dog Chow, Gravy Train, Kibbles and Bits, Ayams, Purina, Nature's Recipe, Neutro, Caesar. They believe that the majority dollar spent today is mostly in the Bark Eats category, which is um, their target to grow as well. A lot of their customers today um, are not yet integrated to buy all of these. Most of their current clients have gone to know them mostly with the play, as in just the bark boxes. Nowadays, with their introduction with more products like Bark Eats, Bark Bright, and Bark Home, they believe that they can grow the pie and grow their revenue simply by upselling and cross-selling, which, ha which has been actually effective. And we can see that from the last two quarters um, that we can check. So who's the management team? Matt Meeker, Manish Joneja, Henrik Werdelin. I hope I read it right. Carly Strife. Okay, so um, these, um, let's take a look at their um, board. Okay, so Matt Meeker, obviously they're all dog lovers. You can see that um, they, they aren't just dog lovers. They are also in the, um, they've been in multiple early stage companies. So Matt Meeker is um, previously an entrepreneur in residence at Dog Patch Labs. He used to be um, an advisor to multiple early stage companies, a VC partner at Resolute VC. Manish Joneja um, was able to unlock growth via omni-channel commerce, global expansion and product innovation. We can see in the next few um, presentations how their omni-channel software is actually working, and that is correct. Uh, Manish Joneja was a director at, um, at Amazon Global and previously the general manager of global expansion for eBay. You've got um, Henrik, which is uh, previously employed in many startups, Index Ventures, um, which also was, he was also featured in one of the most creative people in Silicon Valley's 100 list. Um, Carly Strife was previously an early employee of Uber. She helped launch a company's East Coast operations, started career at Deloitte, was also featured in 30 under 30 lists of both Forbes and Inc. magazines. All right, so um, let's try to go through the numbers of Bark. Why are, why are we interested? What made me look at uh, Bark was obviously I saw the Chewy sales was very strong. The numbers of the larger um, Amazon, um, the larger brand 
um, happen to be doing well. A lot of you guys may know of Chewy. That's Ryan Cohen. Obviously, Ryan Cohen is known by the Ape and GME community um, simply because uh, Ryan Cohen obviously has a huge stake with GameStop. And Ryan Cohen also bought a lot of Bed Bath & Beyond. So um, I would say that the pet category is wide and we can clearly see that um, the, the gains that was made from Chewy CEO Ryan Cohen is now being employed with a smaller category here with Bark. So Bark is a very, very small firm. You can see that the market cap is $270 million as of last price. And what interested with uh, what interested me with it is that the sales are larger than the market cap and the cash per share is also very, very high. This is a company wherein you've got $220 million or practically 90% of it covered in cash. So in terms of downside, I would only say 10% downside and you can get the entire business almost for free. So that's the reason why I really want to look at it. Okay, so um, from a downside perspective, you've got cash pressure of $1.17. Um, your debt is minimal at about $30, $60 million. So um, $60 million, which they can easily pay down as well over time. So long-term debt to equity is, as you can see here, 0.35. You've got a huge current ratio, quick ratio above two, above 3.4. That just tells you that the company's cash is way more than what they need from a current asset ratio perspective. Um, price to sales, as you can see, it's less than half. That's amazing value for me. And um, while you might actually disdain this net loss of $68 million, I would change your mind in the fact that this company with a gross profit of about $60 million per quarter can actually pay off that net loss within just a few years. They do have a path of profitability and those losses were incurred in 2022 because 2022 was um, a transition year wherein they were spending a lot in terms of adding infrastructure with retail partners, which of course was the offshoot why they listed in the first place. They went into a SPAC, raised money, essentially to grow their networks. So from a key performance indicator, last first quarter 2022, I couldn't see anything wrong here. You could see that um, for that uh, quarter, they got 3.9, uh, sorry, three million, about 4 million subscription shipments. Average monthly subscription churn is about 6.9%. Active subscriptions was 2.2 million, so 2.26 million. They've got new uh, subscriptions, 242,000. They usually look at a customer's acquisition cost, wherein they spend, um, say, $10 to acquire that customer with $50 worth of um, gains. So they do that. They believe that each customer had an average order value. Um, clearly, you can see a $30 average order value. So in order to acquire their customers, they would spend something in the realm of $40 here, as you can see, lower customer acquisition cost, $45. And that still gives you a long-term value towards CAC of about 5x, since they know that an average customer would spend roughly about $200 in their platform, whether food, bark boxes, and so on before they leave. Okay, so fourth quarter highlights 2022. Take a look. In um, fourth quarter, they did make revenues still increase, about $130 million. Um, Direct-to-consumer revenue, this means that they tap them from Facebook, Instagram, and so on, or website. This is $117.8 million, 16% up year over year. Commerce revenue was $11 million, 1% uh, increase year over year. Gross profit was $64 million on that one to eight, meaning half of that revenue is automatic profits. 
Gross profit was impacted with charges on inventory write-downs. You could see that they had higher inbound freight costs related to macro supply chain headwinds in fiscal 2022 as compared to fiscal 2021. This was brought about by higher increase in shipments, higher oil prices, and so on. And they've had a lot of inventory-related charges. So gross margin was reduced to 50% compared to 61% in that same year, but it was still a profit nonetheless. GNA, this is where a bulk of their losses came from. If you take a look at it, their expenses for that quarter of 2022 was $85.5 million compared to $55.6 million. A large part of that was additional shipping and fulfillment expenses. Take note that um, year over year, a lot of your shipping-related companies went up. Say, for instance, if you take a look at Zim, um, if you take a look at most of the freight costs, it did go 300% up year over year. So their GNA was really impacted with that. And so their gross margin had a hit. No, So that's the reason why there was a huge expense. What, what an expense, no? Um, a 13% increase due to shipping expenses. Um, you can also see that um, they also had to build out new categories. Of course, they added Bark Bright. This is a food uh, and Bark Eats. This is a new food and health category. And they also had more costs associated with being a public company. So they incurred $2.4 million as well to donate dog beds and to improve the lives of dogs around the world, including in Ukraine. Now you can see as well, their advertising expenses was actually less at about $30 million uh, year on year. Net loss. Now, why did they lose $36 million? A lot of that had to happen with, with this increase. You could see that was a $30 million GNA expense. And you can also see that they had an inventory write-down charge and donations representing $15 million in the quarter. So I would say that really was the loss for that quarter. Adjusted EBITDA was negative $23 million. But this is more of a one-time thing rather than the rather than a quarterly loss. Okay, so um, yeah, it's more on inventory write-down and donation of dog beds. Okay, so um, year-on-year, if you take a look at the full year results, um, for, so ending March 31, 2022, they did a full year 2022 result. So they do it one year before since all of this is a monthly subscription, i.e. Um, most of their clients would have paid one year in advance. So what you'll be getting is usually one year's worth of bark that was prepaid and they're just delivering it. All right. So um, you can see that for this year that they have been um, that they've been delivering and serving their clients. The delivered fiscal year 2022 revenue was actually up 34% year over year. That's $507 million. They did add 1.2 million subscriptions, which brought their year and total to 2.3 million clients. The subscription shipments increased 28% to 15 million um, in fiscal 2022. Average order was also 5% higher to about $30. They also signed significantly new retail partners in fiscal 22, 23 making their presence to over 40,000 brick-and-mortar retail stores. This is significant. We're talking about um, companies like Amazon, Costco, Walmart. Those are all their new part, um, their partners. Orders for Bark Bright also increased significantly, 121% year-over-year to 236,000 clients, and excluding retail sales. So that is a new product that is very that's doing very, very well. Added food products to the Bark Box and Super Chewer, which meaningfully improved conversion and cross-selling in the food category. So you could see that they have a strong cash position, strong sales, 
strong customers, and higher average order value. Those are good signs in the business. Um, furthermore, so let's just go through their transcripts during their um, recent quarters. Um, you can see that their cash actually grew from about $200 million. It's now nearly $230 million. They've also been increasing the value per customer with about $5 per unit shipped. So they've been working a lot in upgrading their supply chain, investing in infrastructure. So you'll see more cost efficiency going forward in 2023's fiscal year for uh, Bark. They're also, of course, able to focus um, in selling more food to their customers, not just through play. Um, and they have made significant strides towards profitability, agree, with upselling and cross-selling. So Bark Bright was just launched about 12 months before food. You can see already that the dental product has grown 121% year over year to 236,000 orders and is now trending over 50% gross margin. You can also see that Bark Bright has a huge net promoter score of about 70, telling that customers really like the product. You're seeing as well in their initiatives, they operated five siloed businesses and customer experiences. That's the Bark Box, which is those play toys with a few treats. Super chewer for the for the niche um, customer who can pay more, $85 for um, super chewers. Bark Bright, Bark Eats, and Bark Shop. So you have five big businesses here with distinct websites, distinct dashboards, and logins. And they believe they can cross-sell these five businesses all together, all under the Bark brand. So you can see um, even more um revenues going forward they also had over 2 million unique new visitors per month which will allow them to basically upsell and cross sell and convert them to become a bark active client going forward um i think that um if you take a look even in the last two quarters they've been really showing strength no um, the deceleration might be um, a factor for others because it used to grow 40%, then 30%, and 20%. Nonetheless, at the current levels, I would say that Apocalypse has been priced in at $1.50 or $1.50 below. As um, I don't see any potential uh, bankruptcy filings for Bark. So you can see that they've reached new dogs to, the new, uh, to more people. They've been serving dogs of all ages, from puppies to seniors. They've reached more demographics in more rural and suburban areas. How? By being everywhere. So they've got partnerships with Amazon, Dunkin' Donuts, Subaru, Target, Petco, Bed Bath & Beyond, Home Goods, Major, TJ Maxx, PetSmart, Walmart.com, Costco, Wholesale, CVS, Glossier. So these are your 40,000 stores available for everyone who wanted to buy a Bark product. So, they're, so what do I like about them? They're benefiting basically from more dog parents. You can see that U.S. currently has more households who own dogs. You've got 70 million households. In general, pet ownership in U.S. is 90 million, 69 million owners of that. 69 million households are dog owners. So that's a lot. 90 million families and 70 million of them are dog owners. Um, the total pet industry expenditures in U.S., totaled $123 billion, up 20% from 2020 levels of $100 billion. So that's a huge market to, to belong in. Basic annual expenses for dogs, you could see that the dog consumes about $300 of dog food and um, surgical vet is about $458. Routine vis visits, checkups um, is about $240. Food treats, $80 a year. Vitamins, $80. Toys, $50. 
grooming $50. So you can see that the dog business is a highly lucrative business. And it's very clear, not just happening in the US, but this is happening worldwide. So you might want to take note. A lot of pet expresses, pet stores, pet food, pet shops, pet owners, um, shampoos, whatsoever. A lot of veter veterinarians, the, the, the dog industry business is going up and is sustainable. It is cycle agnostic because dogs are considered as children. So they're considered family. You don't basically not feed your dog because it is a recession. That's why we like the business. So we like Bork because obviously you've got cross-selling opportunities. We've just seen a strong growth in average order value, and it has been continuing year over year over year. So um, the Barkies trial did well. The add to box, which is basically adding more toys in the, in the site and in the app, did very well for them. So um, I would say that the revenues have been growing. I like it, actually. So um, consistent gross profits. Um, also, we see strong insider buying of Bark at $1.42. So we can see that the directors, Jonathan Ledecky, David Kamenetsky, Henrik Werdelin, Matt Meeker, you've seen they've been buying all below $2. So $1.80, the director, Jim, bought. Matt Meeker, $1.70. So they've been buying quite a lot, no? Novothy, my, Novotny, my president of Bark Eats, exercises option to buy a dollar. So that's $808,000. Novotny, Mike bought $625,000 after selling in the past at $6.42. November 18. So you can see that there's definitely a lot of um, 2021 versus 2022. You're getting quite a significant cheap valuation for Bark. So um, to be to to succinctly answer again, the pet category is cycle agnostic, and you have a rising pet ownership, rising gross profits. So usually I don't like to give targets, but I do believe that for those interested to buy Bark as a buy and hold theme, I would say six dollars would likely be the target price. Number one, you do have stable sales; they've grown they've grown thirty percent, thirty five percent year over year. Um, and I, I see them actually growing that 2.3 million active clients to another 3 million and so forth, as you have 70 million active households that would love to basically spoil their pets with bark boxes, bark brights, bark toys, uh, bark eats, and so on. So stable gross profits, it's got 50% gross margin, which is, which is expected to go higher because as they've been... Um, Investing in infrastructure and cost efficiencies, I see that gross margin to go higher, as well as shipping costs already falling down. So you'll, you'll see gross margin actually do well. Higher customers, yes, more pet owners, more, um, more ability to get more clients going forward. Um, so digitally native, vertically integrated, the time of dog food alone is $40 billion a year. So um, they introduced Bark Eats. So there's really a ton of upside, even if they just cross-sell to their existing 2 million or the 17 million American households. You've got unique and fresh customer acquisitions. How do I know this? Because every month they've been seeing 2 million active new visitors. So on August 9, what I see is that whatever the earnings results are, whether it lives up to par to Wall Street's expectations, I don't see a significant downside. So no matter what the earnings are, I do think that Bark's downside is limited here to $1.25. So if you're accumulating or buying at $1.58, what you want to do is buy um, $1.58. 
if you can sell puts at $1, you could, you should sell puts at $1.25, $1. I do believe that it can hit $2, $3, and so on. You've got significant insider buying. As you can see, June, July, August, that is a price that is very low. So you've got about three months of acquisitions. And I could say that was accumulated simply by looking at the RSI. You've got the prices doing nothing, stalling, and yet the RSI is going up which means the non-techie or the non-technical, the, the non-traders there, non-technicians, what it simply means is that somebody's accumulating because the sell-offs are less versus the aggressiveness of the buyer. So um, this is, in my view, a rigged hand for the bulls. And I hope that my analysis serves you well. A lot of um, good things to buy bark. Um, I'll have more ideas for you next week. But um, for, for, for this uh, presentation, I'm not going to take all your time. I'm just going to say I like Bark. I have other small cap ideas, but I reserve them to the rest of the Austin 10X community. Thank you for having, um, having the time to watch. So that's Bark for you. And um, of course, I'm happy with the FUBO move last night. After hours, it's up 20%. We've been discussing why we like FUBO at about $2.30 to $2.70. There are more ideas to discuss. I think that the market is heavily focused on recession fears. I am actually agreeing that there is a recession. It's just that there are companies that you will not, not spend. Sometimes your family members, i.e. your dogs, would not really be hungry. And um, if you think about some situational events, special events like these, where the stock is trading below sales, very cheap. Um, you have a path to profitability. You've got good gross profits. It's only a matter of time, in my view, when the market sees that, hey, there is a significant undervaluation here. Um, I would say I'll give you more small cap ideas. I'll give you a clue. Try to look at um, some names uh, that are in the $2 category. Some SPACs uh, like Berkshire Gray already announced a partnership with FedEx. I'm going to take a look at that. You've got some toy businesses that actually did very well, like Jack Specific. It went 50% up for this week. Um, obviously, I like companies that had great reports. We talked to you about being significantly bullish on a lot of travel plays. We've seen significant growth in Airbnb, Expedia, Booking. We've seen revenge spending as a whole. And it isn't something that stopped because of recession. And so I would say that while the economy is probably bleeding, there are a few sectors, a few pockets of growth that have been squashed and really sold down that has room for upside rather than downside. So I would argue let's go to stock-specific industries. And um, the macroeconomy could be bad, but there are stocks that actually deserve to go up. That's about it. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.